Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. This is Dirt and Sprague. You know how fast you were going? What? How fast you were going? Ours. 65. 63. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. You gotta understand that I don't come up with this stuff. I just forward it along. You wouldn't arrest a guy who's just delivering drugs from one guy to another. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? The fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here. I didn't think I'd get more fired up about Kyle Shanahan winning Coach of the Year than Draymond Green just randomly punching Yusuf Nurkic in the throat, but here we are. To a listener's point, how many MVPs does LeBron have? Four? Four, yeah. Four? I mean, he's one shy of MJ, and I have a conspiracy that there are certain voters. Because you're seeing the media biases everywhere with every athlete, but I think there are specific media members they just don't want to quite give him that tie with old MJ. It's so, I mean, he could have won the MVP for 12 straight years. Yes. You can argue even like as as recently as like three years ago, you can make a case for his MVP candidacy. There was a tweet over the weekend about, it's so funny how this is still a debate constantly in your dumb sport. And it was LeBron holding the trophy of the in-season tournament saying, Micah would have never cared about this. He would have been focused on the real goal. To which our good friend Eric Gunderson reminded people on social media that we literally just watched a documentary in which he competed over tossing a quarter against a wall with a security guard. And you don't think he would have cared about winning a competition that was put in front of him? Like, why do we have to do this? The bad thing about that is those same people use the Mike played in February. (laughs) He cared every night. They, like, argue against themselves on certain points just because they hate <laughs> yes. LeBron so much. Yes. Uh, we have a lot to get to here in the second hour. Tom Habistro is going to join us at 7.30. Damn right he is. We'll talk some Blazers. Yeah. Had a good conversation with him on wrestling last time. We'll see what we can uh, bring up this time. Uh, I want to start the second hour in college. We talked some NFL the last half hour of the show. And by the mm-hmm. way, if you missed the first hour of the show or any hour of the show, you can always check it out at 1080thefan.com. Click the podcast section or as we like to call it, our Service Patriots podcast section. Check out the latest offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. And you can always reach us at the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them at vancouverford.com. The youtube.com slash 1080 the fan comment section is open as well. Hop in. The water's warm. I'm in there now, too, by the way. What do you mean? I got I so I've been trying to communicate on the YouTube chat, 
and it kept telling me I had to create a channel, and I am not the most technologically savvy Wait, person. Wait, you created a channel just so you could chat? I'm in, baby. I'm in the waters. I'm swimming around. Let's muck it up. What do we want to argue about today? When do we get dirt YouTube content? <laughs> Anytime you want, buddy. Okay. I'm going to start investigating how to make this content. You want, like, videos from my garage post-workout recaps? We do have to have at some point a conversation about the still image you sent out on social media of yeah. the garage, the man yeah. cave. The man cave. I know. I got a lot of good stuff in there. I was jealous. Were you of my collection of memorabilia? Uh, or just the layout on the wall? I don't know. I'm not poo-pooing the memorabilia. You got a little too many duck things, I think, in the garage <laughs> than I would have. For your flavor. Sure, it's uh, fair. But overall, I liked the setup. Mm. I like that you got the American flag up there, that you right. had... A picture of yourself on a golf course as if you were the PGA Tour. I liked how it was kind of set up, and I looked at that photo. I remember thinking, ah, that's a man that doesn't have a cat throwing up all over his garage. What that what that life is like. I got my 71 from Stone Creek framed with the ball in it, too. That's on that wall. Why didn't you get me and uh, uh, Lishka's autograph? We should have signed the card. We were the witnesses. I know. I don't have, an, I don't have a witness. You guys better not go up and die on me now, because then nobody's going to believe my 71. Well. I better stay was, alive, okay? Me and Lishka were secretly talking about how it was a 75, but we just gave you the, <laughs> the four strokes to make you feel better. I loved the awkward silence that existed on the back nine of that round. Nobody saying a damn word. No, we were saying things. You just didn't hear us. <laughs> Guy's got a no-hitter going. Don't say anything to him. He's under par. There's four holes left. Don't screw it up. Will he do it? And you, you didn't screw it up? I didn't screw it up. Ah, man. great moment to witness. Um, I want to start the second hour with this. Should we regulate and create the system for the portal NIL world of college football? It is, it's obviously a topic that's very hot right now because you got all these names. Ty Thompson, hmm, might have to talk about that in a minute. Uh, but there are names left and right jumping in the portal and transferring and collecting what, you know, what the kids like to say, the bag. And it's it's got to be a hellscape for programs. No matter how you feel about coaches and, and teams all across college football, from the top dog to the bottom dog, this is kind of a hellscape in some ways to navigate through. And Matt Rule, I commend Matt Rule a lot. I've, I've become kind of a fan of Matt Rule. Uh, I kind of root for Nebraska here and there because we went to Lincoln and I got to see what that atmosphere and environment like. And those, those fans are desperate, man. Like, they... I think they would throw a dog off of a bridge for their football <laughs> team to be really good. 100% do that. And they would turn around and go, you never saw that. <laughs> yeah. Baxter! But Matt Rule, who's been pretty out and open on the NIL portal stuff, he was on McAfee yesterday, mm -hmm. and he was asked about what it's like, and he, he gives you a glimpse and gives his thoughts on the situation. So people were not happy with me. I've had some other college coaches kind of get on me and say, Matt, you know, you reset the market. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's important that people know, right? Because... A, what what I'm afraid of is you know and like you, know, like you said I went to the NFL I'm, I'm I, like I don't care I'll, I'm gonna say what I think is right and when people like it they like it they don't like it they don't like it like I'm gonna say what's happening and um, at the end of the day there are no contracts there are no this is and Charlie Baker from the NCAA is trying to make it where the college is like we can't even have the conversation with the players about the money so now you have all throughout college football you have players getting agents. Sometimes they're great agents, NFL agents. Sometimes they're not certified. There is, there's not, there's no like NFLPA regulating it. They're dealing with third parties for each school. Each school has a different amount, and um, it's, it's, it's. There's no system to it. I had a, an NFL GM text me this week, and he was like, "Bro, how come you guys don't just make it binding? How come you guys?" I said, "I said we can't even have a conversation, or else we get in trouble." So it's 
them dealing with a third party, they can tell a kid, hey, you're going to get a million dollars. And then they can show, you can transfer from Nebraska, go somewhere else. And then they say, hey, you know what? We don't have that money anymore. And oh, by the way, once you transfer, you're stuck at the second school. So you actually get penalized. Like you get penalized for recruiting a kid out of high school. He can leave for more money somewhere else. But if he goes somewhere else, he's stuck there till he graduates. So there is no system. So he, you know, he just basically goes on and says the system doesn't exist. I, some of that stuff, I think we would have guessed, but I, I never really knew how all of it worked, and it sounds worse than I thought that the coaches can't even talk about this stuff. And yeah, I don't buy, I don't quite buy that part of it. I think that's technically the bylaws, but you can't tell me that coaches aren't having on like transfer portal visits that there's not some form of conversation. Well, I, I think coaches, yeah, this is where I'll, I'll um, because like that is such a needle in the haystack thing to prove. It's a conversation. How do you prove that if you're the NCAA? Well, you can't. But like, can you honestly, in your mind? You get away from, like, let's say the top transfer player. You really can see, like, a Saban or a Rule or one of the coaches at these these institutions. I don't think they're talking money. I feel like they're just selling the program like a recruit. And they have, like, some of these programs have NIL collectives. Mm -hmm. They're the ones actually handling the finances. What's the coach going to – the coach has no say. Well, see, this is where I disagree a little bit, too, because I think there's, prop, there's a purse string, right, that you're drawing from to pay guys that you want – Who's who decides how much money goes to where? So like, there's only so much. Most schools only have so much money that well, you're going to spend in a recruiting class, right? So like, yeah. does, is the coach cool with you giving it all to the defensive? No, end? I'd imagine. What the if coach, he wants the wide receiver, or he sure. wants a tight end, or he wants an offensive lineman? I would imagine in that situation, the coach is like laying out priorities of positions and like, hey, the most money to if you can get this, that'd be great for me. I yeah. I, I don't know what to make of it. I guess my overall question here is. We're we're describing guesses. Can you create a system for this? Is this is it too far or is it gone or can you save it, change it, regulate it a little bit? Like I didn't know they had agents that weren't actually certified agents. That's yeah. I should have known that, but I didn't I don't know how that world works. I don't operate in it. Do you think they can create a system? And how far out are we from oh, an actual God. system existing here? Because it's the wild, wild west right now. This is, I mean, this is the biggest issue that exists in college athletics is that there's not somebody in charge and everybody's kind of out looking out for their own universities, looking out for their own conferences. Um, and there's not one single person or single entity that can control everybody. And so until you have that, I have a really hard time thinking that like Congress is going to actually do something here. Like, let's not sit here and pretend as if Congress is getting things done week in and week out. So I'm not looking at them to come up with some blueprint that's going to save this issue. I think it's going to continue to be the Wild West. I just I I have a hard time envisioning all of these different competing minds at different levels of different you know in, investment levels of NIL money. They're all going to come together and agree on a singular system of this is how we should do it. This is how you can communicate. This is when the conversations can start. You cannot under any circumstance cap what the players can make. That's a big one that a lot of fans bring up. But that will end up being a collective bargaining thing, and you're not going to get that accomplished. So you're not going to be able to cap what guys make. There's crazy stories all over the sport when you look at this. Like, one of the guys we haven't talked about, Florida State got screwed out of the playoff. Patrick Payton was one of their best defensive linemen. He entered the portal, and it was a shock to everybody. He was like, wait, you just went undefeated. Where are you, where are you going? Why would you leave? The Florida State's paying kids? Like, what, what's going on here? They're in a really weird catch-22 situation because you don't want to lose him. But it reeks of a situation of he's getting some bad advice or somebody in his life that's like, dude, go test, test the water. See how much you can make. And if he then comes back to Florida State and says, hey, 
insert school here offered me $2.7 million. You guys were paying me $950,000. Florida State's not going to want to match that. I tell them, go have fun with the money. Yes, Florida State can't match that because then you're going to have every guy in your locker room say, wait, all I have to do is go test the waters and I'm going to go try this out and see how much I can get and then come back with a bill to Florida State and say, hey, they offered me $1.6. You got to pay me $1.6 if you want to keep me. It is the Wild West. It sucks, but I don't... (laughs) This is the NCAA and Congress we're dealing with to try and come up with some sort of guardrails, and that's not two trustworthy institutions. Swag, real quick, do you think we'll see a salary cap system in major college football? There'd have to be a well, players' the, union. There'd have to be the first. Well, come thing, on, that that is coming, right? Like these guys are employees now. This is well. There has to be an official legal definition, whether it's in one of the yeah. eight billion lawsuits against the NCAA right now or. Somebody in the NCAA figures out it's like we can't we can't put a system in place to have controls and and guardrails without calling them employees and what does that look like? So as long as they keep this amateur uh, student athlete designation, so the NCAA can keep their hands out of wasn't money the the break point for so many I, years I, of employee versus amateur. I don't know what it is. I I I have no idea. But until they're specifically classified as employees, then I don't know what system you can put in place because they're just students and you have to treat them like they're. There has to be other things for every other student on campus that goes back to the university. It, I, it's just, it's just messy. Good it's, luck. I don't know how you do it. Good luck figuring. That I really out. don't know how you do it. There's so many things in this country that I wish we could just all come together, say none of this makes any sense. It's not working anymore. Let's rip it up and start from scratch. Because this is the prime example of something that you would like. Clearly, nobody likes this system. The coaches don't like. It's chaos for the players. Everybody's leaving. There's thousands of kids. Like, let's just come, like, put some smart minds in a room. How do we want this to lurk? Let's Ah, look at the calendar. Yes. Come up with how we want this to be. But it's never going to happen. They put smart minds in a room for playoff and how that turned out for Florida State. (laughs) I wouldn't call those minds smart. Well, but those are supposed to be the smartest minds. Those are the college football experts. Right? Isn't that what the committee is supposed to be about? Here's Condoleezza Rice. What? I got nothing. I got nothing. You didn't know she was one of the no, I experts did. of I, college football? I mean, I just it, there is a better system that's out there sure. and it's frustrating that we can't we can't all just sit down, draw this thing up and say this is how it should It feels look. very broke and I was talking to Danny about this last night before we did our podcast like USC got the best FCS coach to be a linebackers coach, probably with the promise of a country club membership and some housing assistance. You think Indiana's pulling that off? Nope. They compete in the same conference. Nope. It's an unbelievably out-of-whack, unbalanced world that largely creates like 20 to 15 real teams, and then there's just everybody else fighting for scraps, acting like they're ever going to matter. Like Indiana fired a coach and paid $20 million for it. It's one of the largest buyouts in college football history. Take that $20 million and put it into an NIL collective and you can buy that coach a better team. That's but yeah, but that's like that's Indiana. Mm-hmm. Like Indiana has that viewpoint of themselves. What are they smoking yeah, in I, Bloomington? This is what it's only gonna happen more and more because the TV contracts are going up for the Big Ten and for the SEC. Insane. My school's not getting it. Indiana's gonna be bringing home seventy-five million dollars a year yeah. in that Big Ten contract. They can afford twenty. It's insane, but they can afford to do that. Uh all right. We got a uh, social media Sword out to get to Habistro at 7.30. Dirt and Sprague back with more on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. 
Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We got Habistro coming up here at the bottom of the hour. A couple weeks back, I lost us a listener on social media Mm. uh, because I liked a tweet that uh, kind of trolled you in the midst of Oregon losing the Washington game. How dare you? Said I was an unloyal co-host, that you should leave me, yeah. you probably hate me. Yeah, all this is true, I'm out. And he couldn't believe I would stoop to such levels, and he was never going to listen to this show again, and that I shouldn't be doing the show with you anymore. Yeah, you were fired, we just haven't told you yet. My wife was at your house the next day at a baby shower, so that <laughs> felt weird to read the night before. Yeah, we actually uninvited her, but she didn't get it in time. She wasn't allowed on our premises, but then she walked in, it's like, ah, what are we going to do, she's here now. We can't turn the Asian woman <laughs> yeah. away, that'd be racist. <laughs> I'm already getting accused of being racist. That's an even worse look. Somebody's got a camera out on the front yard. But the reason I lost us that listener who hates the show now because I exist as a human being for liking a tweet. Way to go, you bastard. When you like a tweet, what does it mean to you guys when people like tweets? I can already see Swag's body language screaming, God, this world we live in. What does it mean to you guys when somebody likes a tweet? I like tweets sometimes when people tweet me things and I don't uh, I don't respond, so I just like it. And then I also like things that I want to save for the show. If you look at my likes, it's usually show topics. I'm like, oh, I want to bring that up. Mm. Like, because I'm very forgetful. And if I don't write it down in the immediate moment or put it on my show sheet right away, I'm gonna and then I'll sit around sit down two hours later and be like, what was that thing I wanted to okay. get to? So that's most of my likes or show topics usually it's either appreciation for somebody saying something about what we do or what i do or it's encouraging a positive story or you know a team coming up going Mm. to play a big game or something like that i tend not to venture very far into the like dislike waters i don't either actually i don't view likes the same way as everybody else but i i tend to almost like every tweet i get i just somebody tweets me and anything responds whatever hit them with a like like you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Even when it's making fun of me or dirt or swag. Mm. I, I like all the tweets. You can go check my likes. What am I to read into this like? Uh-oh. Oregon State has emerged as the favorites to land Oregon quarterback Ty Thompson. 
Siren emoji. <laughs> the organ QB may be moving just 45 <laughs> minutes down the road. Yeah. Brain is blown emoji. <laughs> Ty Thompson liked the tweet. Uh, my God. The, the thing I would bring up first. <laughs> I was trying to think of the word I wanted to use there. And I stopped myself. Can you go click the account that tweeted it? Can you, can uh, you pull that up? Slow Your Roll Pod. Have you pulled that Twitter account up? Is it a porn website? Because it is not. I would be very upset if you sent me to porn. It is not. But I saw this last night and I thought, ooh, that's a juicy report. It and looks it, like a lot of beaver stuff, but I'm... How many followers do they have? Uh, 50, <laughs> 50, 55. Uh, 55 total. 55 total. Yes. 55 total. Yeah. So, I look, if he likes a tweet, maybe there's a chance this happens. I'm... I don't know if I'm basing my reaction off of an account that has 55 followers. What would that old info? listener read into that like? That Ooh. listener that hates the show now because I like to tweet that said, <laughs> you lost the Washington game. <laughs> I'm assuming that listener was a Duck fan that said that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I just, look, we're in our fields. That was a tough night. I'm Hasn't gonna... tweeted us or the show page <laughs> since, so I'm pretty sure I actually lost us a listener. Well, he what never would... tweeted me about it in the first place. Oh, you would he? He should have roped me in, man. Let me defend my honor here. Um, yeah, I don't know what the, the feeling would be there. If you're Oregon State, I think there's, you could do worse than Ty Thompson, man. You could. I don't know if Ben Goldbranson's better than Ty Thompson. Ty Thompson's a former five-star guy. You know how I talked about him at times this year. When he came in in the second half, he played well. Mm -hmm. It's the first time in his career that's ever happened. The first two years he was at Oregon, year one he redshirted. Year two he came in, and it was a dumpster fire every time he was in the game. The coaching staff, when they got there, said they didn't like, they didn't think he was developed at all. He was a raw prospect, looked like a sophomore in high school. Thanks for that, Mario. Um, and so it took him a year and a half to get there, but there, there seemed to be something clicking with him when he was in games in the second half. I will tell you this from standing next to him on the sideline. The dude is a unicorn. He is an absolute freak athletically. He's six foot four. He's 230 pounds. He could run like he has every measurable you could possibly want in a quarterback. The only question about him is his decision making and his processing. Uh, but if you're Oregon State, you could do worse than Ty Thompson. And I don't know if you're Ty Thompson, if you could do better than Oregon State. Like, we see these guys enter the portal a lot. Jay Butterfield is an example of this. He was a, one of the highest-rated pro-style quarterbacks coming out of high school when he committed to Oregon. People know where Jay Butterfield is now? He's the backup at San Jose State, who's going to be competing for a job this year. If you're Ty Thompson, this is probably the best move if you can get a guarantee of, like, hey, you're going to have a good chance to win that job. I like it. I Bring him in. Let him compete with Branson. I... Certainly, you could do worse at quarterback. I think they'd be just fine, actually. Yeah, give it a shot, man. Be hilarious if Beaver fans making fun of him for three years. He ends up winning you some games next season. It would be actually funny if that ended up happening. Winning the Mountain West, Ty Thompson's being hoisted on shoulders. How about this? We're trying to fix NIL. We'll trade you Ty Thompson for Attica Seppington. We need a kicker. You need a quarterback. Fair trade. Boom. Let's make a deal happen. As long as you run him 30 yards out from the end zone one time. Against you, you. we'll do him. it against you. First time we attempt a field goal, Sappington will what run. What if he scored 30 yards out on a fake field goal with the Ducks at, at Corvallis? It's a good play call, man. It's the right call, right God, moment. that would hurt. Got to be aggressive. Talk about a kick of the junk. That's what that would be. Uh, yeah, so maybe Ty Thompson goes to Corvallis. I don't know. He liked the tweet. I don't know how people interpret these things. Social media is an open-ended book, and we all have different opinions on it. Uh, all right, we have a lot to get to coming up in the next uh, hour and a half of the show. But up next is Tom Habistro, uh analytics guru for the Portland Trail Blazers TV broadcast. We'll get his thoughts on the Blazers so far and the Draymond Green scuff up last night against Yusuf Nurkic and a whole lot more. Tom Habistro is next for the Daily Ticker. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Wednesday. Let's talk some NBA. We opened the show with it today. We talked a lot of Blazers on the show yesterday as well, and we got a lot we want to get to with of the program, Tom Habistro, TomTheFinder.com. He, of course, is our analytics insider here in Portland. If you've been watching Blazer games this year, you can go give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Habistro. Tom, good morning to you. At what point is it enough with Draymond Green? Like, I, like at what point does the NBA just say, enough is enough, we got to drop the hammer here? Is this finally it, or are we going to say, well, he maybe didn't mean to do this. Let's give him a five-game suspension, and we'll be back here in a month and a half. Yeah, when he had the Rudy Gobert uh, chokehold, I didn't see any sort of remorse from Draymond. It seemed like he was continuing to believe that the league has it out for him and that he is uh, something of, you know, this, this, this scapegoat for the league. And he didn't seem to take the responsibility of it being way overboard, um, especially with the fact that, you know, this is not his first time doing this. And, so I was alarmed by his comments afterwards that seemed like zero accountability for his actions. And I know internally with the Warriors, uh, they would like him to kind of, you know, take more responsibility for what he does out on the, fo- on the floor and the misconduct and the misbehavior uh, is ruining their season. And that's the thing that I keep coming back to is he doesn't seem to get it. And I think at this point um, with what he did with Nurkic, it just seems like the NBA is going to drop the hammer here because not only is this bad look for the league, um, it's really for the Golden State Warriors, it's the message is not getting through to Draymond. And what I'm coming back to here is last year, Jordan Poole was the scapegoat. That was what you kept yeah. hearing from the Warriors was like, yeah, last year was last year. We had all those road issues. But you know what? Jordan Poole has gone. We made the trade for Chris Paul. And what's clear to me, last year wasn't a uh, a Jordan Poole problem. It was a Draymond Green problem, and that problem has not been solved. What's funny about that, Tom, is you're talking about the guy who was physically assaulted. They tried to blame him, even though he was the one that got knocked out in that video. And I... I've just I've had it. The last incident that happened, I I think we were talking about that on the show, and I'm like, dude, spend this guy for 40 games. Like, if we're gonna take the history into account here, this isn't two incidents. This is go. This dates back to the finals with LeBron and company. I just I don't know. I I think you're hitting a, the nail on the head with this is really bad for the league. But how much of this to you? Draymond's not getting this. It 
he comes off very like, oh, we're losing, so I'm going to get out of the situation. It's already been documented what he does when Steph's not playing. They're not a good team this year. Clay's not aging well. They're just in a weird spot. It just feels like he's more mad at his dad than he mad in mad at Yusuf Nurkic type stuff. You know. <laughs> Well, I would say uh, if you want to learn more about this, uh, you hit it there, uh, touched on it, about how he is more likely to get ejected when Steph isn't playing because uh, I think he's a bit of a front runner. Like when things are going well, he's Draymond Green the champion mm-hmm. and defensive player of the year. But when things are not going well, he's uh, this this malcontent who's just looking for reasons to, to quit, you know? And um, – I actually ran the numbers on this, and you can find it at TomTheFinder.com, my Substack. Draymond Green is four times as likely to be ejected in a game when Steph is not playing compared to when he is playing. <laughs> what a loser. Four, what a four loser. times as likely. I mean, this isn't like what Rudy Gobert claimed after the game. This wasn't just an opinion. This was fact that he um, that he seems to be trying to get himself ejected in games when – he knows that he doesn't have his guy Steph. And so with Jordan Poole and, and Pablo Torre uh, on his great show, Pablo Torre finds out at Metal Arc Media, um, he reported that uh, Jordan Poole, what he said to Draymond that caused him to get punched in the face was, you're an expensive backpack for 30. 30 meaning Stephen Curry. <laughs> and like, yeah. That's so good. You know, like given the, given the data that he is four times as likely to be ejected when he's not with Steph, it really does add more ammo to the idea that Draymond Green um, is, is an expensive backpack for 30. And I can tell you, <laughs> Steph Curry is having one of his best seasons of his career. And it's getting wasted because of all this drama and the fact that they can't get it together. And I think... You know, right now there's no trade rumors or no, nothing to worry about with Stephen Curry. I don't think it's reached that boiling point, but this can't keep going. And I think this dynasty, the Golden State Warriors dynasty, is is uh, in jeopardy right now because of the fact that Draymond does not seem to be growing up about his his issues. Hmm. I'm gonna try that next time. I got to do a solo show. See if there's a way I can get ejected like a half hour in. Like, ah, sorry, I can't do the rest of the show. I got tossed, guys. I'll see you tomorrow. Tom Havistro is our guest. You'd see him all season long on Blazer Broadcast. The Analytics Insider, also his uh, Substack, TomTheFinder.com at Tom Havistro on Twitter. Let's get to those Portland Trail Blazers, Tom. I. I don't know how to feel about Scoot Henderson. On the one hand, I'm like, all right, a lot of rookie point guard struggle. This is a very normal thing. There was a graphic out earlier this week, you know, numbers in line with guys like Nash and Kidd and Westbrook and all that. And then on the other hand, I'm looking at it and saying, point guards, they can't shoot. What's what's the role? How does that get carved out in the NBA? How does Tom Habistro feel about the start to Scoot Henderson's career? He's really young. I know that sounds like an excuse. And I know that uh, I'm on the Blazers broadcast, you know, harping on the fact that he's 19 years old, but he is. And when you look at Russell Westbrook, his first 12 games, we had a graphic in the game last uh, last time out that actually Russell Westbrook was a much worse shooter in his first 12 games than what we're seeing with Scoot Henderson. As hard as that is to believe, Mm -hmm. for those who are expecting Scoot to be a better shooter, um, his effective field goal percentage, which is essentially your field goal percentage when it's uh, accounting for three-pointers, um, it was well below what Scoot Henderson is at right now. And you had the same sort of characterizations around De'Aaron Fox, um, other, other speedsters, John Wall, who never really developed a reliable three-point shooter. Um, and in De'Aaron Fox's rookie season, he was a 30% three-point shooter um, and really hasn't been much better than that throughout his career. And he's an all-star, and Russell Westbrook was an MVP 
Um, so it is possible in today's NBA to be a, an effective point guard and an all-star point guard if you do not have a reliable, consistent jumper. This does not excuse him for not having one, though. This is not to say he shouldn't get one because he can be a really good player without one. It just means that it's possible. It doesn't put the odds in your favor, though. If you want to be a, uh, a top-of-the-line point guard, you need to develop a three-point shot. Um, and, you know, De'Aaron Fox right now this season, uh, it took several years to get there, but he's shooting at 38% from downtown, and he needs to develop – Scoot Henderson needs to develop that off-the-dribble three-pointer. Um, but the things that we knew about Scoot is evident. He is super fast. One thing I've, ha- I've talked about on the broadcast, and I'll mention here, is he's in the 90th percentile among point guards in top speed. He is a guy who has, uh, at his max speed in an NBA game, we can now track this, he is averaging 18 miles an hour at his top speed in an, eight, in an NBA game. When he has the ball going 18 miles an hour, you can look at that guy and be like, oh, like, what do you do with him? You know, like he is faster than just about anybody in the league when he gets going. And the, the key is he has to learn to decelerate, right? Like the problem with having a guy who's that fast and trying to make him an effective NBA player, he has to learn how to change his speeds. He has to learn when to stop, when to go, when to slow down, when to accelerate. And even though he has that top speed that we heard about and it's showing, we need to see a little bit more from Scoot Henderson in changing his speeds, like a Chris Paul, like a Steve Nash. Uh, Russell Westbrook just goes 100% every time, but, um, you know, it, that's asking a lot for Scoot Henderson to be Russell Westbrook, one of the best players of all time. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping he develops more consistently on the, on the jump shot and figures out to play more within himself. He, his foul rate's really up. Uh, turnover rate is really up, but he's 19 years old. Let's, Let's actually grade him in like a few years mm-hmm. in terms of how he's developing. Right now, it's far too early to, to glean too much into Scoot Henderson. Well, Tom, one player that we've had here for a while, and he was hurt for a long time, finally has come back the last few games. He had 38 in the last one. They almost beat the Clippers. How do you put Anthony Simons, for people who don't have access or you know, dive into the analytics the way that you do, how would you put into perspective what Anthony Simons is as an offensive player? He's baby Devin Booker. I mean, he is Devin Booker in terms of his shot creation, his efficiency, his jumper is gorgeous. <laughs> like it's it's a it's such a, a beauty to see him back on the floor and shooting the way he has. And he just, you know, when when he was on the on the sidelines, I kept talking about this stat that he is um, averaging 28 points per 75 possessions and five assists per 75 possessions when he's not on the floor with Damian Lillard last season. Like, when he's not with Damian Lillard, he's the number one guy on the floor, he's basically Devin Booker. This season, he's averaging more points than Devin Booker in his four games at 29 points per game, and he hasn't missed a free throw. <laughs> and he's just he's, he's ridiculous. He's shooting 43% from downtown. And everything that the Blazers do on the floor is just so much better when he's out there because he just organizes things. He draws so much attention at half court. And he's, and he's getting double teamed, and then it's, you know, four on three the other way. So many times we saw that with Steph Curry in the finals with Draymond Green when they trapped Steph. It's basically four on three with Draymond running that, that possession, and you're getting more of that with the Blazers. And he just does so many things for, for that offense that I know Chauncey Billups is just 
so ecstatic to have him back. Hmm. Great stuff. Tom Habistro. Check him out. TomTheFinder.com. At Tom Habistro on Twitter. You can see him on Blazer Broadcast all season long as the analytics insider. It's been a ton of fun to watch you this year, Tom. Thanks, as always, for the time jumping on the show, and let's do this again soon. You got it. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Tom Habistro. Good stuff from him on Draymond Green. Enough is enough. He's got an article up about how more, four times more likely to get to toss out of a game when uh, when Steph Curry's not in there. And he says patience. Patience on Scoot Henderson. Uh, patience is great. I I go back to our conversation yesterday. I don't know what where the patience is and how to – like baby Devin Booker while you also have a baby Kobe Bryant. <laughs> And you're telling me the player that's good babies. Now, now, those are great babies. Good babies right Th- there. Those are babies I want. The other one, we don't know what baby is yet because he runs 18 miles an hour, but he turns the ball over a little bit and he fouls a lot. Ugh. It's it's a really tough place. Is it possible to call somebody who's won four titles an all-time loser? Is that possible? Yeah, I think so. I'm okay with it. I'll rule on that. I say okay, acceptable. Four times as likely to get ejected if Steph isn't playing. What a bitch. Yeah, what a bum. <laughs> How about you score your six points and get Show your seven rebounds and set great screens and play defense, even if you lose by 20 points? It's 20, unbelievable. $27 million a year. Your ass doesn't want to go to work. Get to work. Begging um, Kevin Durant to save him so he can win another title. What an all-time loser. Uh, is it all done for this guy? We'll get to that coming up in the final hour of the show. Next, though, there is a problem that is creeping into your sport that I would like to talk about, and it was on display again last night. We'll get to that coming up next on The Fam. I want to get to some fun with audio to start the final hour. We'll do a full investigation. What happened in this guy's pants while this took place? Oh. Yeah. We got a jock itch situation or like an animal? There may or may not have been an explosion. And we'll talk about that in 10 minutes. Oh, I hope I hope that's not what you're teasing. Oh. Uh, there's a problem creeping into your sport. One, people are openly allowed to punch other people in the face, and then the league doesn't really care about it. So that's a bit of a problem. Yes. We've talked about that a lot today. The other problem is, do officials know that when fans buy tickets to games, they're not buying a ticket to see the official? Are the officials aware of this? I think the only one that isn't is Scott Foster. Okay, he's the only one. Yeah. Because we all do this. Like, we're not season ticket holders. We obviously, I don't go to a lot of games anymore because we wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and I just can't do it. I am going to try and get to a game, I think. i got to look at the schedule. I'm thinking about going to tomorrow's. Are you thinking about going I think tomorrow? they're going to beat Utah. The ticket's probably cheap. And I know it's kind of a late night for us in our slot, but yeah, I can tough it out for the Friday show. And we're going to be off for a week and a half yeah. at the end of the month, so I might try, I'm going to try and get to a game because I haven't been to a game in a couple of years. I think uh, they host the Spurs between Christmas and New yes. Year's. that'll be an expensive ticket. Well, that ticket. ticket's going to be pricey. I want a cheap ticket. Sucks. Give me like a $100 ticket to sit like five rows up from the floor. That's why that's, Utah might be the game. That's not a bad game to go to. Yeah. Um, well, when we buy tickets to games, though, one of the big determining factors in why you buy a ticket to the game is who they're playing and who's on the other team. Would that be a correct assessment? That's a big part of it, yeah. I want to go see insert player here. Or the Spurs are coming to town. I want to go see Victor Wimbanyama. I went to Denver-Portland last year on my birthday and watched Jokic in Portland, like, duke it out. Well, for the second time in, in like, the last handful of weeks, the the guy who should be the face of the NBA, the two-time MVP, reigning NBA champion, reigning NBA Finals MVP, was tossed out of a game in the first half 
for simply arguing a call, which I get, like sometimes NBA players can bitch too much and it's probably annoying from an official standpoint. Jokic was tossed. They were in Chicago last night, a minute left in the first half. It's 54-47. He, he, he argued a call, went up for a layup, didn't get, didn't get the foul called. He, you know, bantered back and forth a little bit, ran up to the end of the, end of the floor, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, why is the whistle blown? He got tossed out of the game. And even the Bulls announcers were like, what are we doing here? Yeah. These fans paid money to see this guy pay, play basketball. I'm sorry if he said a mean word to you. Like, why are we tossing guys out of games? It was games? also Serbian Heritage Night or something. <laughs> No, they, really? they booed. They flat out yeah. the crowd flat out. No, it was yeah. Serbian Heritage Night. Some, there was oh, some, I didn't know that. Yeah, there there was a designation going, uh, some sort of promotion around Denver being Dude, there. This is Joe a problem. Bush. This is a problem. Yeah, it was. It was Serbian Heritage yeah. Night in Chicago, and they tossed the best player in the league in the first half. Yes. for barking a little bit. And Good the, for the and fans. And the Bulls for fans booed as he walked out and of he the got arena. Out of the game. I, and they were booing <laughs> the officials, not Jokic. Yeah. I, you know, I jokingly make fun of forty-five and older people who were probably rooting for the Draymond punch because they go back to a day in which they still beloved more than any other era of the 80s and 90s. But, like, this is where I will join the crowd. This is soft bowl. You, you cannot be... They've done this a couple times this year with big-name players. Jokic, it's happened multiple times just to Jokic alone. And I, I he does bark. He barks more than people know. But tee him up and then shut up and walk away yeah, from him. Yeah, tee him up. And I believe all of the NBA officials are miked. So the NBA will have – they can go back and probably hear if he said something. They can find the crap out of him later. Yeah. No, but, see, even if he's called the ref a bitch, here, here's what you do. You tee him up. Yeah, you give him one technical. Go to the opposite side. You you cannot toss you those toss level of players in the first half unless they physically make contact or, punt or pull a Draymond. Yes. You cannot be doing this to people. We're paying a lot of money to go yeah. to these games. And, oh, by the way, I know people don't care about this. This impacts the gambling world, and you want to sleep yeah. in that same bed with Caesar. Also, the TV ratings world, which the NBA is desperate to climb up in. I just, yeah. that same ref did a video on the ref accountability stuff, I want to say, in the summer. And in it, he goes, yeah, we get fined when we overreact to moments. And I'm like, you're about to get fined, dude. You yeah. called what you were going to well, do. What I'm saying is, yeah, give him the one T and say, I'm, I'm done. Don't, I hear you, but stop it. Yeah. And like I said, the I believe the NBA officials are miked. So if the NBA, after the fact, wants to go listen, and if he said something that truly crossed, crossed a line, they can fine him later on and haul him in behind the scenes and say, hey, if you want to argue, that's fine. Just leave that crap out of the conversation. Hmm. And nobody will know what's going on, but he stays in the game. Here's the thing that blows my mind, Swag. I would imagine this does to you, and Dirt, I'd even throw you in this, even though you know, watch a ton of NBA regular season. I mean, how many games? I can't count them. How many games have you watched Draymond when he's not punching somebody? Oh, my God. I, every time I watch him. Every time. Every time. And the last watch. time they played the Blazers. And they no. deal with it. They just, like, stand there and let him basically say, Whatever. You're wrong. You suck. You're not good. And Jokic is the one getting tossed in the first half immediately for saying something. An and Jokic MVP has dudes draped on him all the time. He's almost to the point, not quite where the Shaq treatment was, where guy you just you had to officiate him so different. Jokic is so ginormous and he handles the ball so much that yes, you could call a foul on the opponents on every play and you 
you literally can't do that, so you got to pick and choose. His arms bleed every oh, game. Oh, he's got, like he's got nine those big, giant <laughs> red scratch all marks place. all yeah. over the place. Like, yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> he's just smacking him around. I, I will. This is where I will again. I'm rocking a basketball jacket. I do a Blazer podcast. This is why the NBA sucks. The NFL ain't tossing guys left and right. And those dudes are trying to murder each other on every play. You never see the refs way over yet. You need an Odell Josh Norman situation yeah. to really get tossed in an NFL game. Or yeah. a Dre Greenlaw, big Dom This is situation. the equivalent of Mahomes arguing the Tony call in like the second quarter, the way that he did and getting tossed out of the game. Yeah. And people being like, wait, what? You just toss Mahomes out of right. the game? Right. Well, now we got to watch no. Matt Castle. You, you got to have a DK Diamador Lenore thing before somebody gets tossed. Yeah. Even then, they didn't get. Did they get tossed in yeah, that game? Yeah, they got they tossed. They eventually got tossed in that one. Yeah. But they already had a. Uh, but that was in the fourth up quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Listener texting in uh, P1 saying Jokic probably had money on the horse race during the game, orchestrated his ejection just to go watch it. <laughs> Wanted to go watch Serbian horse racing. Hey, get, get me out of here in the second quarter. There's a big. There's a Philly that's running. No, that the I problem is when you get ejected, you get fined. And he said in the post. Post game, uh, it is what it is. I don't want to go further. I don't want any more fines. <laughs> yeah, Jokic likes his money. Yes, he does. Well, that's the only reason he plays the game. He doesn't yeah. like the game. He just wants the money wants so he be can able to buy, buy horses. more horses. <laughs> it's just bad luck, man. We don't pay to see officials. Don't talk like fans are paying money to go see Jokic. I'm sorry if he said something mean to you. Don't toss him out of the game. I in the second quarter. It's an impossible job, a thankless job. I do find myself, and I will admit this, it does tie with gambling. I ended up hating whoever the lead official is. I've seen him before calling the Eagle Cowboy game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a face when he made a call, and every time he made a call, he pointed Eagle way. And as an Eagle better, I'm like, you hate my team. You hate my bet. You hate my team. And you're showing who you bet on. This is ridiculous. The Pac-12 was the worst that way. We all knew the Pac-12 officials by face. And the second you get that first call of the game, you're like, oh, no, we got this guy today. Yeah. This is going to be a long four quarters. Where's glasses, ref? Oh, man. All Bring right, we, back. we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Is it all over for this guy? Uh, I want to start, though, with some fun with audio. Let's play a guessing game of what happened in this guy's pants. That's where we start the final hour next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 